0: Transmitting the Mint Condish Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Minkadesh podcast. Uh, this special podcast episode is the top ten films of the year. I am joined by Diana Koch from of the Moth Club. You've been on the show before. Welcome back.
1: Hi. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, and uh, we're gonna do the top ten of our respective lists. We're not we're not combining yeah. the list. So, technically, it's
1: ten each.
0: Ten each. I would Plus say, some honorable I would mentions. Say, yeah, I would say this is the top 20, but I think some of ours are... Might overlap. Normal. We have rules with our lists. At
1: least for mine, the film had to be released theatrically or digitally in 2020, USA. So if it was released overseas in 2020, but not in the US, it doesn't count.
0: Yeah. As of December 28th of our recording... If it comes out December 29th, not nah, too bad. <laughs> also, if we, let's say your number 10 is my number 5.
1: We'll wait. We'll mention it. That way there's duplicates and then we can discuss it more in depth when the second person gets to it on their list.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm ready for this. Are you ready for this, Diana? I
1: was born ready.
0: And I think, Diana, you, I mean, you're the host. You should go first.
1: Coming in hot, with a real hot take, number 10 for me, Gretel and Hansel.
0: That is my honorable mentions.
1: All right, so directed by Oz Perkins and starring Sophia Lillis, who is best known for the more recent It films, Gretel and Hansel is a story of two children, siblings, who must fend for themselves in a dark, unforgiving world after their mother descends into madness. It's a dark fantasy horror film based on the German folklore tale Hansel and Gretel by Brothers Grimm. I love the visuals and the set design. I feel like this movie is probably not on a lot of people's lists. I looked at Letterboxd today and it had like a 2.7 out of 5, which really makes me sad. But again, I really love the visuals and I don't even care that most people found this film to be hollow or shallow, or not much substance, it really, it did it for me. So, that's my number 10, and it was released in January of this year. It's also, I own the
0: soundtrack.
1: I also own the soundtrack.
0: We saw it together in the theater. One of the lonely times it was Mm -hmm. in the theater. Well,
1: while I'm mentioning Sophia Lillis, who is in Gretel and Hansel, she plays Gretel, I also wanted to recommend the Netflix series, I Am Not Okay With This. She's the lead in that series, and it's a few episodes, I think it's like five or six episodes, But that's a really cool show, so I would recommend that. It's a 2020 release as well. What's your number 10? Oh,
0: boy. Uh, My number 10, Uncle Peckerhead.
1: Huh, that's not on my list. Yeah,
0: Uncle Peckerhead. It's a movie, I'm going to say now, these are my top 10 favorite films of the year. Not best films of the year. I don't think Uncle Peckerhead. It's our personal
1: favorites. Yeah,
0: Uncle Peckerhead, to I think I gave it like three and a half stars. It ain't perfect. It's like one of those movies that needs to be turned up to be great. It's basically uh, when a punk band scores their first tour. Life on the road proves tough when they are joined by a man-eating demon as a roadie. (laughs) I really adored this film. I think because maybe I've been in punk bands. I've been screwed there. It's the earnestness of, like, the. I think the trio of duh. I think the main. I forget (laughs) the the person who plays Judy. I'm not really sure what her name is. Let me check real quick. Yeah, she
1: hasn't been in much. She was good.
0: She feels, like, authentic. Yeah. The best part of the movie is Uncle Peckerhead himself. Peck. Yeah, yep. He's so endearing, and it's, it's a cheaply made splatter film, I think. Splatter punk film.
1: Very, like, blood splatter and punk rock and yeah. some crude jokes, and it's a fun watch, but I think I gave it, like, a three or three and a half yeah. as well. it
0: was, uh, Peck is infectious with an energy, and as I wrote a letterbox, all in all, this one struck a chord with me, a power chord.
1: Ha <laughs> punk. My number nine is Palm Springs.
0: That is, oddly enough, that's my number
1: nine. Really? Yes. Okay. I watched that movie, I think the day that it premiered on Hulu. I wasn't expecting much. I'm not really a romantic comedy type person, but I found it really endearing. The story follows two strangers who meet at a Palm Springs wedding only to get stuck in a time loop. I thought the chemistry between the two leads, it's Andy Samberg and Kristen Melliat was great. They're both very funny. Andy Samberg probably his best role.
0: I'm a big I'm not really a big fan of Andy Samberg. I think his comedy is a little too loud and I love Eric Andre and I think that a- Andy Samberg's is too <laughs> loud. I feel like his humor is not for me. Yeah. But yeah, I agree he is amazing in this film.
1: Palm Springs is available on Hulu, so if you want to watch it now,
0: you can. And you watched this when I came out. I watched this Saturday? I watched it the day after Christmas, December 26th. Yeah. It's easy going. For something that's like so dealing with quantum time loops and seriousness of like you're stuck in this loop, it had this lax feel the whole way through. There were stakes, but you didn't think it was like the end of the world. I love this film. Check it out. It's on Hulu. Yep.
1: Palm Springs, number nine. So my number eight is a film that actually it's a 2018 film, but it just premiered in the U.S. in April of this year. Oh boy! It's a Russian comedy drama thriller called "Why Don't You Just Die?" It's in my list. On it's so on your list. Mm-hmm. Your top ten. Yes. Oh, let's circle back. All right, what's your number eight?
0: My number eight is survival skills.
1: That's an honorable mention of mine.
0: It came out. It's on Amazon Video, so it counts. I was like, does this count? Did this come out on? Yeah, digital? it's on
1: digital. Yes. Yep.
0: And this movie, like I watched it for Nightstream.
1: Nightstream Film Festival. Yeah,
0: and it's got a great concept. But it's so deep.
1: Yeah, so the concept is it's a lost police training video from 1988, which tells the story of Jim, who is a new police officer, and he gets in over his head when he tries to solve a domestic dispute outside of the law. It's
0: basically the the video is his his one year in the force. Yeah, Stacey Keach is the the instructor, and he's great in it. It breaks the wall.
1: Third wall breaking. It,
0: it, It just shatters the wall gets it really deals with like this is what cops go through on a daily basis they want to save everyone but they can't and jim right his name is jim jim yep. not tim i thought it was on tim uh jim you feel for the guy the world does not deserve jim he is yeah. what a cop should be and one of my favorite scenes is when they're like okay we're gonna not focus on this guy and then he shows up yeah i love that um also the the satanic panic part of it like when they're like playing D&D at mm-hmm. one scene. I know we're not Thomas spoilers, but it's such a small thing. And also for a gimmick, it doesn't wear out. It's welcome. I
1: agree. Yeah. All right. Number seven.
0: Number seven.
1: All right. So my number seven, 2019 film, but it did not come out in America until earlier this year. And you can also hear me talk about this over on the Criterion Connection, Portrait of a Lady on Fire.
0: Not on my list. I thought that came out last year, honestly.
1: Yeah, so it, te- it was a 2019 That's release, right, but yeah. it did not come out in America until February 14th, 2020. And it's now available on Hulu. Portrait of Lady on Fire, of course, you've probably heard all about it. It was very popular during award season. It follows the story of a female painter who is obligated to paint a wedding portrait of a reluctant young woman. They spark a relationship, and it's a beautiful shot love poem that... It's very dreamy and beautiful, and you can hear me gush about it over on YouTube.
0: And me, I will be... What did I think? I thought it was okay, right? Yeah. (laughs) I don't think I loved it as much as you did. You're very into, like, that's I this think year. you're more, not not against the, the genre, but I think you're more into queer cinema than oh, I am. Oh,
1: that is a, yeah. an accurate and statement. I, I'm not saying, I don't, I
0: don't <laughs> it's like one of those things, like, I don't hate queer cinema. I love uh, Blue is the Warmest Color. That movie's fantastic. Yeah, that's one
1: of my top five.
0: Uh, but, like, you know, I think you're more into it than I would be. Absolutely. Also, I think you're more into period pieces than I am.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What's your number seven?
0: My number seven is Another Round.
1: All right. Well, that's my number 6, so we can go ahead and just talk about it now.
0: Okay. Uh Mads.
1: Mads Mickelson motherfucker.
0: It's got it's got such a it's such a easy, it's such a fun little premise that it gets dark. It gets dark yep. at times and it gets real and I think that's a testament also Mads is just seeing Mads pretty much drunk the entire time oh my time. gosh i
1: love you know i love him it's fantastic. so another round is a danish comedy drama following four high school teachers who consume alcohol on a daily basis to see how it affects their social and professional lives super charming i've said this you know online on letterboxd on twitter everywhere that the first hour of this film i did not stop smiling mm. i just had a smile on my face the entire time Great film. Great ending. The ending's fantastic. Love Mads.
0: And also, big news on 2020, Hannibal got put on Netflix and I binged it. And Will <laughs> Graham and Hannibal definitely kissed on the way down that cliff. <laughs> Just it's... saying it.
1: So speaking of a uh, queer cinema.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I don't care they did it.
1: Amazing. Human flesh. What was your number six?
0: My number six is an Amazon Prime exclusive Vast of Night.
1: Oh, that's on my honorable mention list.
0: The tone of this movie is so consistent. First half of the movie feels like it. this is happening in real time. Like the scenes are happening, but it doesn't feel like they're skipping time in the middle. I feel like if we're on minute 45 or minute 30, it's actually been 30 minutes in the movie's timeline.
1: It's supposed to be, you know, one cut, real yeah. time, really cool. Soka has all of um, I love the paradox said in theater. the 50s?
0: Yes, it's like it's a paradox theater episode. They show that in the little TV screen. I love that yeah. as a fan of like Hour you know, Limits* and my *Twilight Zone*. It's directed by Andrew Patterson, and the actors. I mean, I think the actress, uh, Sierra McCormick, plays Faye, and Jake Horowitz plays Everett. I think these people are great. Even like characters like uh, I can see uh, here Bruce Davis plays Billy, the voice, is the the mm-hmm. black soldier who calls in. I've heard these these uh, these noises before, and you're like, oh man, and the fact that they it's, a, it's, a, it's a such a long scene when he's on the phone but you're so in. in yeah. it's just them on a, it's on kind my, of like hair
1: raising you're yeah. just in this conversation and that's how a lot of the film is like you're right in the action yeah. with them and I like that film as well I was lucky enough to see that at Fantastic Fest last year uh, then I've watched it a few times on, on Prime since it's, it's been so, at it it's
0: so consistent and I love the ending uh, it's so good I mean Bastard Night I think it's a movie that from front to back pacing wise great Go watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. Nice. We're halfway. We're at the halfway point. Diana. are you ready? This is the nitty gritty.
1: Solid, solid top five. I mean, I think any of my ten through six and my honorable mentions. You know, those could kind of move around. But my top five, man. These these are movies that I really, really liked. All right. So number five, Swallow.
0: Not on my list. I haven't. I, still haven't I don't seen think it. you've seen
1: it. Yeah. Swallow is a drama thriller about a young housewife with a seemingly perfect marriage and life who develops a disorder that gives her an irresistible urge to eat inedible objects. So it stars Haley Bennett, who was recently in another 2020 release called Devil All the Time. She looks like Jennifer Lawrence. So if you ever see an actress in a movie and you're like, wow, that looks like Jennifer Lawrence, it's probably Haley Bennett. She's beautiful. She's a fantastic actress. The cinematography is amazing in this. I love the locations, the set design. The director of photography is Kate Arizmendi, who is DP on the new Dune movie. Can't wait for that. That will probably be on my list next year. <laughs> Maybe. Released wide in March of this year. It's now available in BOD. Swallow, that's my number five pick.
0: My number five is, why don't you just die? (laughs) Now we can talk about it.
1: I also like that one. Yeah. Why don't you just die? Russian comedy, drama, thriller. So much blood. Essentially, what one location? Just what an apartment? Yeah, there's a detective and he's a bad dad. And it brings it together. A terrible group of people in his apartment, a resentful actress, daughter, an angry thug, a cheated cop. Everyone has a reason to want revenge on each other. So much
0: blood. Just seeing how that apartment just gets destroyed. But it's still... It's not goofy. It's no. tense and it's violent. And it's very aggressive. But it still has a charm to it that makes you like... I kind of want to see... I uh, think the character's name is Andre. The, uh, the thug. I, he's a thug. But I kind of want to see how this ends for him. I kind of want to see... How he get out of this pickle? If he does.
1: Oh, man. I love that this <laughs> this movie Why Don't You Just Die came out in 2018 and it's now, you know, 2 years later and it's on our end of year list. Yes. Which it's such a little hidden gem and I think if you're a fan of Quentin Tarantino or any type of bloody foreign drama thrillers, you would really like this. All right, number 4. I've watched this movie a few times this year. <laughs> It's a documentary. You cannot kill David Arquette. It's on my list. It's on your list. Definitely. Alright, I'll hang on and wait for that.
0: My number four, and I'm probably on your list, is Invisible Man.
1: So that's my number three, so we can go ahead and talk okay. about it. Okay.
0: Alright. Uh Leigh Winnell, Yeah. famous for Saul. But also like he is Upgrade. Upgrade. Oh, upgrade was so good. That was definitely my top 10 mm-hmm. Two years ago. So so good. Like him and James Wan have just oh like God. knocked out like gangbusters and Saul. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: yeah, this one it's an updated take on the HG Wells tale. Director Lee Winnell, he's done everything right with this one. I think he delivers a tense, clever thriller. Touches on both horror and sci-fi. Touches some on drama there with,
0: like,
1: yeah the abuse. Yep, touches on the realness of being a woman, being in an abusive relationship, and the aftermath.
0: Yeah. Like, how do you deal yeah. with trust?
1: Elizabeth Moss, she's amazing in this. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of hers. Like, I don't go on my way to watch stuff that she's in. But ever since I saw this, I've gone on my way to watch other. She's stuff great that she's in as well. Yeah. 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 Completely different character though. The Invisible Man. It came out, you know, earlier this year, and it's available on HBO Max if you want to watch yeah, it now. Like
0: this movie, uh, if you think about the original Invisible Man from like the '40s, very goofy and campy. This one, not. Goofy or
1: can't be. If you buy the Blu-ray of the Invisible Man, listen to the audio commentary with Lee Winnell. It is very good. He is a very funny person. Oh yeah. Like it's I he's, love what he's Yeah, in. he's so so charming and funny I'm and right like, a lot of like tidbits and little information
0: that you wouldn't know. It's like, you can't, I really it's like, liked it's it. It's success that Blu-rays can't be clear. You could have like an invisible disc.
1: I have the soundtrack. The case is clear. Okay. I'm not sure if the
0: actual record <laughs> imagine is. Imagine they sold it on Blu-ray, but like, there was no cover. It was like, it's <laughs> invisible. It looks like a bootleg. Yeah.
1: What wow. about you? What's your number three?
0: My number three is Possessor.
1: Mmm. Possessor's my number two.
0: Oh, God. This is fucking ta- out. So
1: you want to talk about it?
0: Yes. All right. Possessor by Brandon Cronenberg.
1: Hmm. That's last name's familiar.
0: Hmm, yeah, there's not many Cronenberg. I
1: okay. wonder, is he the son of uh, David Cronenberg? Yes. And, oh, okay. And this movie is very
0: <laughs> Cronenberg because it deals like gives you ideas like a video drum of what is reality and what is not. It's more of a movie about self. What yep. is yourself? What defines you as a person? Uh, it's got great performances by Andrea uh, Riseborough. Uh, she was in Mandy, mm-hmm. which was a, She I was loves Mandy. I think that was my top. That was your
1: favorite film. That was
0: my favorite film of 2018 was of Mandy. And she's great in this.
1: Yeah. Completely Uh, different role. And it has Christopher Abbott in it. And I love Christopher Abbott.
0: Sean Bean is in it. Sean motherfucking Bean. Sean motherfucking Bean. (laughs) Yeah. Possessor is so
1: cool. (laughs) Possessor follows an elite corporate assassin who takes control of other people's bodies using brain implant technology to execute high profile targets. Psychological, I would say cyberpunkish. Very cyberpunkish.
0: Body right. horror. Especially the de- data mining stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, the cover, you see the cover everywhere. How they get that scene is so great. For yes. Jason Lee, she's also in it and she's great as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it's a really small cast, but everyone in this film is really giving 110%. Also, the effects. Oh my God.
0: I don't usually
1: get grossed out with. Like violence, and oh, it's just very realistic murders and blood splatter. So good. Possessor. Yeah. Loved it.
0: Yeah. I agree. Possessor is fantastic.
1: I have a Possessor vinyl coming from Mondo in two months. Yeah. Can't wait. So, what's My your number two? number
0: to? two is. You cannot kill David Arquette.
1: That's ah, my number four.
0: <clears throat> yes, this movie is. It's interesting that you and me are talking about this because I think you love David Arquette more than you like wrestling. And I love wrestling more than I like David Arquette. We both
1: Yeah, and we both thing. have respect for each world. Yeah. So, so it's like
0: like I'm filling you in on oh, well, this is what happened at WCW when we're watching and you're filling me in. Oh and his which, acting
1: career. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Just
0: like it's like this. so it's a great film for the both of us to watch, but it's also a great film in general. It's a great documentary.
1: Yeah, fantastic documentary. And as you mentioned, it follows David Arquette as he attempts a rocky return to professional wrestling, the sport that stalled his promising Hollywood career.
0: And it's crazy because it's like eh, I don't want to get too deep into wrestling, but it's like really not that big of a deal back then. I mean, Some guess, people act like I it guess is. I didn't care because when it happened, I was ten. <laughs> but there's a lot of like sixteen-year-old neckbeards that with the newly fleshed-out internet is like this is bullcrap. They're burying. Well, you didn't pin Goldberg, guys. You <laughs> pinned Eric Bischoff. Different. Eric Bischoff's not a wrestler.
1: It's funny. He it's goes, touching. It's raw. Yeah,
0: It's raw, it's very...
1: Heartfelt, it's it shows his family life, it makes him seem like a real person. I've mentioned this probably on every episode of the podcast, that Scream is my all-time favorite film, and as <clears throat> everyone knows... Twitter and
0: Instagram, your picture is... Yeah,
1: my user photo has been for 15 years, Drew Barrymore from Scream. Besides that, David Arquette plays Deputy Dewey in that film, and a lot of people don't really know his family side or his struggles and it really, really just stirred something within me. This person is, is really struggling and God I've really love him. Him. I love yeah. this. And also he
0: you see him in the wizard outfit on a horse. Oh, that's epic. It delves you into wrestling. If you're not familiar with wrestling, he goes to Mexico and learns a little Lucher. Lucha. He mm-hmm. does those garbage uh backyard shows he does deathmatch. he yeah. also introduced you to and introduced me and you i know i'm seeing him on twitter but i've grown more of rj appreci- city rj city oh
1: my gosh i love rj city yeah i've really since i saw this earlier this year my fangirlness for rj city has grown tenfold
0: yeah especially with their uh, <laughs> was it the coffee with an underwear <laughs>
1: Yeah, Coffee with RJ. Yeah. Well, if you want to see who RJ City is, and you also want to see David Arquette dressed as a wizard while riding a horse, You Cannot Kill David Arquette is available on
0: Hulu. Yeah, it's recently, this, yep. this month came out on Hulu. Seriously, guys, if you aren't really a big fan of wrestling, this is still a documentary that could work for you. If you're not a fan of either, this documentary is a great documentary. Okay, so we're here. The nitty-gritty, number one for both of us.
1: The big reveal. I
0: feel like we have the same number one. We do
1: not have the same number one because you have not seen my number one. Oh. It's a dark comedy thriller. It's about a young woman haunted by a tragedy in her past that takes revenge on predatory men unlucky enough to cross her path. My number one film of 2020 is Promising Young Woman.
0: I just mouthed the words while you were saying it. I knew it because... I feel like when we saw the trailer for it, a, a year time, ago. A year ago, when we were watching something, I don't what it was. <laughs> Multiple movies, they showed the trailer a lot. I, you were like, I'm into this. And I'm like, eh, you saw it. And I'm glad, you I guess you liked it.
1: I did go see it. So Promising Young Woman was one of those films that was supposed to come out early on in the pandemic. And it just kept getting pushed. Trailers had been playing since December of last year. It really just looked like something that I would be into. But you never know. Yeah. Great trailer. Great trailer. There's that needle drop with the instrumental Britney Spears "Toxic." There's so many needle drops. It like fantastic soundtrack in this film. It came out Christmas Day in theaters. I hadn't been to a theater and been what twice this year. Once was a press screening of Wonder Woman eighty four. Uh, the other one was Tenant, which yeah. is not on my list or my honorable mentions. Same here. <laughs> I knew I needed to see it by the end of the year. I didn't want to wait for it to hit digital in a few weeks. And I loved it. The colors are so, like, candy-coated and it's gorgeous. I think that it could have gone slightly more unhinged as far as the violence or, you know, alluding to violence. But it's very effective as is. And I have heard a lot of complaints about the ending, but frankly, I think that what people are complaining about is exactly what the filmmaker set out to do. It's a first time filmmaker. She wrote and directed this. Her name's Emerald Fennel. The lead in this is Carrie Mulligan. She's absolutely amazing. I've also heard a lot of people saying that 35 year old Carrie Mulligan can't play a 30 year old character. That's bullshit. She looks amazing. It's five years. It's five guys. years. And I that's, think.
0: That's saying like, oh, because she's a woman because she ages or whatever. Like that. Yeah.
1: Also you. there. I think like a few weeks ago, there was like a review saying like, she's not hot enough to play this role. And I'm like, oh, you're just like a troll sitting in your basement. You can go fuck yourself. You're the
0: reason this movie <laughs> exists.
1: And Bo Burnham is in this. Oh, Bo Burnham. And he is seriously tall. It's it's kind of weird. I haven't seen him in many things, but what a tall man. There's an Adam Brody cameo. Uh, I uh,
0: love Adam that's, Brody. That's why it's number one. <laughs>
1: I lo- I always have to note when there's an Adam Brody cameo. And you're
0: like, oh, there's Adam Brody. And I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> Promising Young Woman, that's my favorite film of the year. I absolutely loved it. I can't wait to see it again.
0: It's going to be like your new guest.
1: It's my new, like, Jennifer's body. Oh, okay. it's, oh it's that's in the, It's cut. in those lines. It's It's definitely dialogue-wise, very, like, Diablo Cody, smart, quick, witted dialogue. Okay. Wade, super interested in what your number one is. My number Mm. one is.
0: It's one of those things, like, when I was watching Mm. it, I thought to myself, probably 15 minutes in, this is definitely my top ten. 30 minutes in, oh, this is definitely going to be top five. By the end, I'm like, this is top one or two. Okay,
1: okay. Frankly, this
0: and David Arquette swapped many times in the past 24 hours. My number one is Darius Martyr's Sound of Metal.
1: I knew it. You knew it? When you were describing it, I'm like, that's what it is. Uh, That is my second honorable mention.
0: Yeah, this movie, I loved. Uh, As someone who has played in many bands, and I can easily say that I have lost hearing over the past 12 years of playing, like, my ears, I don't hear as well, and I've now recently been putting in earplugs, because this is one of my biggest fears. Uh, It's just, it's about, basically about Riz Ahmed, who does the performance of a lifetime. He's so,
1: so good in it. I mean, the
0: fact that this guy has not taken off. I mean, he was amazing in Nightcrawler.
1: Uh, and he was Bay in Rogue One. Yeah. I mean, who I, wasn't Bay I, in Rogue I, I, One? I
0: think it was. I think <laughs> it was because of Venom. Because he was in Venom. Oh, he played right. Riot, I think, he's just not good. Uh, basically, it's about a drummer begins to lose his hearing and has to come to grips with a future that is filled with silence. So basically, he goes deaf. We're yeah,
1: sudden, very sudden. Yeah. He goes deaf when
0: he goes deaf, which is like probably ten minutes in the movie. Just like like that, just like, and you see his face react. What makes it great is his reaction to everything, yeah. and it made me. I it's on my phone. Uh, I downloaded a digital book to learn ASL. It's one of those things, like, as someone who is not deaf, and I don't I don't think you know anyone deaf. I don't know anyone that's deaf, really. I've ran people that have deaf, but I don't um, know.
1: I know a few people that have that implant that he ends up. This isn't really a spoiler, because I think it, it's teased in the trailer, but he gets that implant. I know a few people that have that, so I'm never. not sure if they're fully deaf. Yeah, you know, they I've, have some hearing loss, and I've, they have the implant.
0: I've never really, de- I never thought of the struggle, and it sounds very selfish, and ignorant, but I've never had to learn about that. So it's like when you delve into it, it's something I'm not familiar with, and it's moving, especially when he gets that treatment. He gets that surgery, and the surgery, uh, you go through that, and I'm like, that is so weird, like, it sounds like static. It's so weird, and it's basically, he wants to get his life back. He wants to go back to drumming with his, his boo, Olivia Cook, who has bleached eyebrows, which is awesome.
1: <laughs> she looks very cool. So I think... Maybe the reason it wasn't on my top 10 list, I had some issues with, you know, how they portrayed the surgery that he got. I felt like he they villainized it, and I didn't think that was very fair to people that do have that surgery. But it definitely shows the struggles of, one, someone that has lost their hearing, and, you know, they're a musician, and that's their livelihood and what they depend on. And two, he's an addict.
0: And, and that's another that's big thing. And the thing is, I think what really affects it, and it doesn't villainize it, I think it's because of... What he wants to do, and sorry this is it's somewhat spoilily, what he wants to do with playing metal, he can't do it with this surgery. I think that's, that's not, I don't well, see it as And, high and I think
1: here. he's, a he's addicted to the codependency that he has yes. with Olivia Cook's character. It's so. So he does it a lot because he wants to be with her and. And he doesn't you know, see the
0: life he is building at this. Yeah. this uh, but it's, pan. it's a,
1: it's a beautiful journey. Yeah. Riz Ahmed is so, so good in this movie. If he's not nominated for some awards next year, I'm going to be very upset. Sound of metal. It's on Amazon prime. Yeah. It's so,
0: I can't praise it enough. It's the emotion. It's so complex. Yeah. I mean, that's like saying like like, as a guitar player, it's like saying like I'll get carpal tunnel and I I can't use my hand anymore like that or get my hand cut off. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's what it's like. And I can't imagine. And also that the last scene, the last shot. Yeah.
1: It has a great final scene. It's so
0: fantastic. My wrote on letterbox. I think sums it up pretty well is it's about loss, rebuilding acceptance and the appreciation in the moment of stillness. So yeah, that's my uh, that's my number one, which I'm very surprised with, because I thought, after we saw David Arquette, I'm like, this is number one. But Sound of Metal blew me away with his filmmaking.
1: I have recommended it to
0: a lot of people. Yeah, like, it's so freaking good.
1: <laughs> yes. That's how good it is. You hit that note.
0: Good. That falsetto.
1: I have a few honorable mentions, but first, I wanted to note that I have not seen Minari with Steven Yeun. Right. And that would probably be at the top of my list, but it's only playing in like New York and LA right now. It played some festivals earlier in this year and it doesn't go digital till next year. Yeah. So, Minari is probably an amazing film. Same with like Nomadland. Both oh, yeah. both are getting rave reviews, but unfortunately, I have not Face had Yeah, I haven't had the opportunity to see those, but I I wanted to put those on everyone's radar. Wade, what kind of honorable mentions do you have for 2020? Boy, are
0: we doing this one by one? Or are we can go back and forth us? if uh, you want. Mortuary Collection.
1: That was a good one.
0: It's great. I love anthology films. I've talked about
1: that a bunch also, on the Also, Scare podcast. Package is
0: also great, but I think Mortuary Collection is...
1: Solid. solid.
0: I think the problem with Scare Package is I think the middle skits aren't it's great. It's long. Yeah. Very long. Uh, but this one... I mean, the last tale with the babysitter is... So... Good. Also, the prep boy that gets pregnant. What? Yep. Also, great has uh oh god, what's his name? Played the mortuary guys, uh, mortician, whatever. It's played by Clancy Brown, who's always classic in whatever he's in. Whatever, he, if he's putting anything, he's great.
1: Clancy Brown is actually in my number one film of the year, oh, *Promising snap. Young Woman*. Oh, snap. He plays. Carrie Mulligan's father in the film.
0: Nice. Uh, So he's great. I I love this anthology film. It's great.
1: I have a few honorable mentions. One is a television show stand up on Netflix.
0: Oh, I know what it is.
1: Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Yeah. Cannot recommend Middle Ditch and Schwartz enough. I
0: I will die on the hill.
1: It's improv stand up on Netflix. There's what like three episodes.
0: Yeah. Um, Love
1: it. Um, if you're looking for something to laugh at and a good pick me up, oh, I God. would highly recommend that. What
0: was the two kids' names? Bravi and Galat. What was it?
1: Roby and Toby. Robbie and Toby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I had to pick one, I think these the classroom. The ones.
1: classroom.
0: <laughs> Though the wedding one is really good too, but the classroom one is so great.
1: Watch all of them. Yeah, there's, there's they're so them. good.
0: It's only three of them.
1: The next film, will my honorable mentions, it just missed my top 10. Number 10 spot was between Gretel and Hands* on this. Birds of Prey.
0: Birds of Prey was actually a mine too. Birds of Prey, what a surprise, especially in the year where Wonder Woman 84 comes out and Birds of Prey is a far superior movie in tone. And... And action and comedy had its style. It had a yep. style, and it did, like the problem is Suicide Squad, the original one had a style, but they they gave they basically gave up on the style fifteen minutes in. Right. This one had it throughout. I mean, uh, same
1: reasons I loved it.
0: Uh, Elon McGregor, great villain playing Black Mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the guy who plays Zaz is great. Oh, too. he's so good. The fact that those two those two characters are b less characters for Batman villains. But they, for two characters that that are very serious characters, they play it off differently and I love it.
1: Every character in that film had screen time, got their arc. Um, Rosie Perez,
0: of course, looks fantastic for her age.
1: I think that Birds of Prey and Promising Young Woman would probably make a fun, well, I wouldn't say fun, a uh, strong woman revenge themed <laughs> candy colored double feature made, they made, both have beautiful color palettes
0: oh yeah it made you appreciate that breakfast wrap <laughs> oh yeah
1: find someone that looks at you the same way harley quinn looks at a breakfast sandwich
0: yeah another honorable mention i have is a movie i watched two nights ago it's called wolf walkers
1: mm, it's on
0: it's on uh, apple plus okay or apple tv plus whatever i'm gonna call it it's an, it's like a it's an animation it's an animated film. Uh, there's not many notable voice actors in it, but Sean Bean is in it as well. Mm. The dad. Basically, it's about this kind of like this Irish town, ta- this Irish village city. It's more city, but it's like from the eighteen hundreds or seventeen hundreds. Sorry, and it's basically they're afraid of wolves, and there's wolf walkers. are basically people that can turn into wolves when they fall asleep whoa and uh if they bite someone they become a wolf walker so this kind of this English girl gets bitten by like a wolf walker child and they grow this like this friendship thing and the dad is a wolf hunter and it's just it's it's a great it's beautifully animated I have to praise it Uh, it's great it's probably one of the best animated films I've not seen Soul so I can't say. Yeah, so. I haven't
1: seen Soul or Wolf Walkers yet, but I will eventually watch Wolf- both of
0: them. for for Apple Plus. I mean, there's not a lot on Apple Plus. I think Wolf Walkers is worth watching for the yeah. app. So that's Wolf Walkers that is an honorable mention for me. Do you have any more? What's another honorable mention for you?
1: Yeah, so I have a few that are kind of in the sci-fi horror realm. Uh, we actually had a little bit of a debate on whether or not I could put this on my honorable mentions list earlier. Synchronic, I have
0: not by seen
1: Justin it. Benson and Aaron Moorhead.
0: You can, I can't.
1: I saw Synchronic at Fantastic Fest 2019. It's a really cool sci-fi film starring Anthony Mackie and Jamie Dornan. Again, another one of those unfortunate films that kept getting pushed. It had a Smallish release in theaters in October, and it goes digital next year. It was released theatrically in 2020, so I fe- I felt we were putting it on my top ten. I-, I did really like it, but I had to mention it because I love those guys, and I think that what they're doing within the, the sci-fi realm is-, is really unique and yeah. very interesting.
0: Uh, another one, Spree. Spree was fun. Super fun. It's not a perfect movie, by all means, but it's super, super fun. It's got, uh, God, what's his name? Joe Keery. Joe Keery. So good. From Stranger Things. I mean, Joe Keery is so good. Also,
1: Micah Monroe's boo thing.
0: Also, uh let's not forget uh, David Arquette's in it as well.
1: David Arquette is it!
0: Yes. Uh, Kurt's World 96, that was his name. Uh, it's such a great, especially a good commentary on how everything's about likes and views and stuff like that. I mean, we deal with podcasts and YouTube videos, so I know all about it, but we're not like, no. our lives depend no. on it. No. But he's great in it, especially since it's a horror film. You know, I mean, Stranger Things is kind of hard, but like, yeah. he's more of a comedic guy. This one, he's like, he's comedic, but... In the dark. Tone. It takes
1: a dark turn. <laughs> Another horror film that I wanted to recommend is called Spontaneous. It's a romantic comedy horror film about a high school where the students just start spontaneously exploding. Oh, shit. And it's really cool. And it's probably one of my bigger surprises of the year. I knew nothing about it until just one day I just stumbled upon it. And the poster is horrible. And you would think it's just not good based on whoever designed the poster. But spontaneous, I would recommend if you like body horror. Additionally, I wanted to recommend anything for Jackson. I've not seen
0: this one yet.
1: Anything for Jackson is currently streaming on Shudder. It has amazing Japanese-style scares. I had actually talked about it on the Stage Fright episode with Dylan Tillman. We both really liked Anything for Jackson. And another sci-fi-ish kind of fantasy recommendation that I have is Love and Monsters, which is kind of an apocalyptic... I want to see it. Yeah, I, 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 I think I, you would like it. I didn't have
0: enough time to see it. It's on, it's on video.
1: Yeah, it's about this disaster happens and all of the animals on the planet, like all the small ones, like bugs or frogs, anything that's little is now just horrible and giant and monstrous. And it's, you know, the main character is like, he's like very wimpy and quiet and can't defend himself. And he goes on this journey and it's it's really... Really cool. I, I was pleasantly surprised by that one as well as another one where just on a whim I watched it and it was a good watch. My last honorable mention is Black Bear.
0: That's one of mine too.
1: It stars Aubrey Plaza and uh, a second time uh, guest on this this list, Christopher Abbott.
0: Yeah, this, <laughs> this is one of the most unique movies of the year, I think.
1: Very unique. Time ones. Uh Don't watch the trailer. It kind of spoils mm-hmm. something very special about it, which we are not going to spoil. Yes. The plot takes place at a remote lake house. A couple entertains an out-of-town guest looking for inspiration in her filmmaking. The group quickly falls into a calculated game of desire, manipulation, and jealousy, unaware of how dangerously intertwined their lives soon become. Cool.
0: All right, so here's my honorable mentions. There's some shows. There's a concert. There's two concerts, actually. Let's go for it. Uh, The shows I want to give a shout-out to is McMillian's. That was a fun one, but here's was it one. Was that the
1: the McDonald's controversy one? I did watch that. Yeah. That was uh, this year?
0: Yeah. Woo. Came out in March. I'm just putting this here because I think it was very important for the world in March, the late March of this year. Tiger King.
1: Oh, shout out to Tiger King. How did I, feel I forget it? Like
0: it's one of the most important <laughs> What
1: an event.
0: I think like it's something that we needed
1: in this yeah. pandemic. This is the
0: start of the pandemic, too.
1: Man, that was when we were like. Oh, this is just going to be like two weeks, and we're going to go back to work, and uh, nine months later...
0: Yeah, that happened. <laughs> um, so that's the shows. For concert-wise, David Byrne's American Utopia was fun. Mm-hmm. It would not nominate uh, my top ten. I also see people playing their top ten movies. I don't... It's a concert. And people are like, well, there's a story. It's David Byrne, so there's going to be some yeah, of weird story. Of course there's story. a story. Yep. Uh, Hamilton. Okay. Hamilton came out. That great. Um, for movies...
1: Oh, less yeah if you hear a sheet of paper rustling throughout it's the episode me. it's it's wade's neat little list he has uh
0: let's see wolf of snow hollow was fun mm-hmm. i would not put my uh dick johnson is dead a little manipulative at the end but dick johnson he deserves to be honorable mentioned because he rules uh let's see Who? what else do i have i have bill and ted face the music wholesome that fun. was
1: yeah definitely wholesome
0: it's something another thing we need in the world Shout out to Baltimore Filmmakers, uh, Chris Lamertina and Jimmy George. They did What Happens Next Will Scare oh, yeah.
1: You.
0: I'm not sure if it's... I didn't want to put it on my list because I don't know if it's available for people to yeah, watch.
1: Yeah, I think it was playing festivals, but digital festivals. it may be
0: available next year. It probably won't be because, honestly, because I know them, I probably would not put it on my list because, you know, I, mean, I don't want to be nepotism or, you know, friendism, whatever. Uh, whatever, I can't <laughs> talk right now. Uh, and here's two that uh, I saved for last because I feel like... You didn't like these movies as much as I did. Mm. Uh, Relic.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just still in that hereditary train, and I, I just I, felt.
0: I think it's because I've known someone that died of Alzheimer's. Yeah. So I saw someone actually fade away, and it's actually kind of smartly made. Also, when she's going into the closet and it gets smaller and smaller, mm-hmm. like that part, I still if I if I could my terrible memory and I can remember it. A mention.
1: Well, one thing I will say about Relic is that I had recently watched a movie called The Dark and the Wicked, which is getting a lot of praise in the horror community. But it has that very similar theme where it symbolizes grief and loss and losing people that mean a lot to you. And I think Relic was a much cooler version of The Dark and the Wicked. So if yeah. you're you're deciding which of the two to watch of the 2020 grief horror movies... Watch Relic.
0: Yes, and the last one, honorable mention, uh, mostly because it disturbed me to no end. And you didn't like the movie. I, it's average for me. It's color out of space.
1: Uh, controversial. Yeah, we yeah. start on uh, with a hot take with Gretel and Hansel, or ending <laughs> color out of space.
0: Like everyone says, it's amazing, and I think it's fine for what it is. I think people walk into this. I think it's going to be, like, Mandy with the colors, but it really isn't. Whoever plays the daughter is decent. Uh, I do like, I mean, the stuff that happens... Oh, you know, the mother. yeah, the
1: transformation, the body horror. Yes, that was on that's, the point. That's nightmare, nightmare fuel. I had to do
0: mm-hmm. an mention for the nightmare film. probably the last 20 minutes in the movie is fantastic, I think. But it takes a while to get there. Yeah. And that's what holds me back. And Nicolas Cage... He's fine. I think. I'll
1: watch anything Lovecraftian, but I just wasn't really blown away by it, and I just felt like it wasn't taken very seriously, and that, that bummed me out. I
0: think 2020 is uh, a very misfire for Lovecraft. Because Lovecraft Country is okay. Still
1: haven't finished it.
0: I haven't finished it either because.
1: I think I'm two episodes
0: behind from I'm, the end. Three? I think I'm three. I'm three. I think I'm two. Cause we used to like you know we would live watch it like, yeah. Either, like, together and then we just fell off because the show just fell off. It just like pick a story, just do yeah. it, guys. If you do a season two, pick a story, stick to it. Yep. I mean, we ha- we start off with Gretel and Hansel and end with Lovecraft. That sounds like a list that we would do. <laughs> sounds like a list episode we would do. Yep. So, and that was exciting, for a year for especially like since like. As we close, I will say that I think June of this year, both of us looked at each other and were like, I don't think we can do a top ten this year. No. Because it was like, we're going to put Sonic the Hedgehog, which was fun. I it. mean,
1: I think it was very easy for me to form a top ten and, like, ten honorable mentions, where usually I'm top ten struggling of what to put on the top ten. Yes. This year was kind of, you know, Gretel and Hansel or Birds of Prey. And, you know, I liked, I liked both enough, but... My top five, solid. Oh,
0: I do have an honorable mention uh, for 2020, Pedro Pascal.
1: <laughs> Everything Pedro. I said. mean,
0: Wonder Woman 84 is the best part of it, yep. hands down. And Mandalorian, this is probably the best season of Mandalorian. Probably the best thing Star Wars in a long time. And I liked episode seven through nine. I liked them. Don't love them. I like them. But Mandalorian, I love.
1: Yeah, Pedro, if you're listening to this episode, give Sponsor me us. give me a call. Yeah.
0: Or tweet me. I or- want you to adopt me. <laughs> Can you adopt a 30-year-old man, please? <laughs> because you are a gem among all gems. But yeah.
1: Well, Wade, thank you so much for being on this episode and sharing your list alongside me. I think we had a lot of similar opinions and a lot of differing opinions and I think a lot of great recommendations for the listeners. Oh, my God, yeah.
0: Especially since I'm gonna tell you now last year this year was kinda easy to make a top ten, honestly. But I fear that next year Yeah, next
1: year it's gonna be Kitchen Sink.
0: It's gonna be like old twenty twenty movies that are supposed to come out and also twenty twenty one original content supposed to come out. So we might have to do a top twenty at some point. Maybe we'll see. Or we'll maybe, see. Six, maybe, maybe six maybe months
1: co- in, we'll do a top ten, and COVID's then it's
0: going to mess everything up. Watch. <laughs> hey, you know what? To be fair, I'm not doing uh, New Year's resolutions because can't do
1: anything. I right. mean, mine is um, mine instead was- of instead of twelve hours of screen time, do eleven hours. Uh, instead of walking from you know one side of the room to the other, like walk it twice to get my steps in. Yeah. Maybe wear real pants.
0: That Those are pretty good. Uh, I, I'm have to change high. mine. Mine's always don't die.
1: Very high.
0: <laughs> that's always. <laughs> that's one day. That's rather, a great one. Yeah. yeah and I'll uh, do it about this episode of the Make a Dish podcast and Jar of the Month Club. Uh, anyway, so that's all that's plugged. You plugged it. I plugged it. That's all we have to do. It's all plugged. It's all plugged in and we're ready to go for the new year. So until next time, I am Suede Wade.
1: I'm Diana Koch.
0: And we will see you next year.
1: Yeah. Happy New Year.